Hello! Welcome to Unreasonable Doubt, a podcast about West Virginia University basketball. I'm Josh Witt. Episode 16, Baylor. Follow me on Instagram, at Burning Springs. Email unreasonabledoubtwv at gmail.com. Got an email, going to read it later. Follow the podcast on Facebook. Type in Unreasonable Doubt. The podcast page will come up. Hit the blue thumb like that. Follow the podcast there. Uh, West Virginia just keeps winning basketball games. And I'm very excited about that. I'm also very nervous when I'm watching these games. West Virginia ended up winning this game 57-54, despite the fact that they were out-rebounded by seven, shot 31% from the field, freshman aggressive neck tattoo Teddy Allen did not score, and West Virginia still won. It's amazing. Another thing they were fighting against, ESPN. They did two things. They did the straight-up jinx. Towards the end of the game, they put up a jinx stat. They said that Baylor is 0 for 17 versus top two teams all time, meaning that they have never defeated a top two ranked basketball team ever. So they put that stat up towards the end of the game. It was still very close. The game was close throughout. And so they did that for the purpose of jinxing West Virginia. And so I can't, <laughs> I cannot verify that, but I feel like that's what they were doing. Also, they mentioned that West Virginia was ranked number two in the poll for the first time since 1959. And I believe, give or take, they mentioned that 250 times during the broadcast. And so that's an example of a reverse jinx, where they were building up how great West Virginia was for the purposes of watching them lose. So, hey, ESPN, shame on you. Stop doing that. The two key stretches in the game are in the last four minutes. Carter fouled LeConte for Baylor at 3.52 left in the game. The game was tied 49-49. Of course, Baylor was in the bonus. And if he makes his two free throws, Baylor's up two, and I don't know if West Virginia wins the game. What actually happened is he missed the first free throw, so zero points for Baylor. West Virginia comes down, and Kanate makes a post-up basket and scores West Virginia up two. So I think it goes different if Baylor makes those free throws. The second thing... The obvious one, West Virginia and Baylor tied at 51. Huggins calls Tom out. He likes to set up a play. And guess what happens? The human roller coaster, Daxter Miles, throws the ball to Baylor, turns it over, and then, just like the roller coaster does, steals the ball when Baylor was going in for the layup and saves it from going out of bounds to Carter. And that set up the Carter 3 that ends up being the difference of the game. So, the human roller coaster doing what he does. MVP of the game. He's back up the lovable, lovable knucklehead, Sagaba Kanate. I believe Tom Crean was calling him everything but Kanate. I think he said Kante. 
Kanate. He might have said Karate one time. Kanate's the MVP. He only shot 3 of 12. But the big post-up basket towards the end of the game, he had seven blocks. The dude is six foot eight, And what I did like about what Crean uh, said is that he, he could be a volleyball player because of the timing of his jumps to block shots. It's amazing. Uh, he's blocking seven-footer shots. It's, it's great. Twelve rebounds, needed all those rebounds. And... He's the MVP because every time Huggins tried to rest him, Baylor tried to bring the rim down. They attacked the rim. And so Huggins was like, okay, we need for them to stop doing that. So he threw Kanate back into the game. So congrats. Back up to lovable knucklehead Sagaba. Random thoughts coming up. Random thoughts from the Baylor game. He wasn't the MVP. But it was his best game of the season. Six-man Chase Harler. Strong effort tonight. He scored seven points. He hit a corner three. He played 19 minutes. Solid defense from Chase. He got three offensive rebounds, which I thought was a misprint. How could he get rebounds against the Giants that play for Baylor? Took Wesley Harris's minutes. He actually started the second half in place of Wes. So great game from Chase. Needed all those seven points in a close game like that. So great to see Chase come through with his best game of the season. In the middle of the year. It's great to see that. Isa Ahmad comes back next game. So excited for one of the main contributors to be back with the team. I think he's going to start the Texas Tech game. He might not. Maybe he won't. We'll see. But sooner than later, he's going to be in the starting lineup. And so that means, uh, uh, sadly, for Wes Harris, that he's going to be the biggest loser here as far as playing time and minutes. And so let's keep an eye on Wes Harris. He didn't play much tonight. He's had a rough few games in Big 12 play. So let's. I'm hoping he doesn't check out for the season and his numbers go way down and he doesn't do the dirty work that he did well in the non-conference part of the season. So let's keep an eye on Wes. Let's make sure he's okay and is able to contribute in spots for the rest of the season. I'm concerned about him. Ken Pomeroy, I mentioned this guy as far as his rankings. West Virginia is ranked 12th in his rankings, so they're two, the second-best team, according to humans. But according to Ken Pomeroy, West Virginia is ranked 12th. He actually has Texas Tech and Kansas rated above West Virginia. North Carolina's lost three or four times. He's got him ranked ahead of WVU. But that's not that's a different discussion. The thing I wanted to mention on this podcast is that Pomeroy has a measurement called luck, which, and I'm going to say this like Ken Pomeroy would say it, uh, luck is the deviation in winning percentage between a team's actual record and their expected record. I think that's what Ken Pomeroy sounds like. Anyways, out of 351 teams, West Virginia this season is considered the 16th luckiest team. I don't know what to do with that. I don't mind luck. 
as long as the winds keep coming, you won't look back five years from now and say, remember how lucky that West Virginia team was back in 2017, 2018? Uh, but it's interesting to see, and I really trust his rankings, how he's got them versus the polls. He's got them having some luck to their success this season. Baylor's always given West Virginia trouble. Now West Virginia's 4-8 and eight all-time versus Baylor. As I mentioned, one of the main reasons is that they're so tall and they play that weird zone. And so you have to shoot well. You have to shoot jump shots in spots that you don't usually take jump shots. West Virginia did enough to win today. But it got me thinking, how does Scott Drew recruit all those Giants to Baylor? I mean, it's easy enough to say, hey, are you six foot eight or taller? Then I'll give you a scholarship. I think what he does, I figured it out. He has the litmus test, the Space Jam litmus test, where he has recruits sit down and he watches the player watch Space Jam. And he looks in his eyes to determine how excited he gets watching the Monstar team versus the Looney Tunes team. And if he senses more excitement with the Monstars from the recruit, then he kind of just he, he puts that in his notepad like, yeah. I think we want this guy. Because every time West Virginia plays Baylor, it makes me think of Space Jam. And we're the Looney Tunes and they're the Monstars. I'm sure I'm not the only one that, that experiences watching a WVU-Baylor game like that. Finally, on Random Thoughts, Starbucks came out with a blonde espresso. Like a sweeter espresso. And here's my response. No. Final thoughts from the Baylor game. Going to read an email sent to unreasonabledoubtwv at gmail.com. The email this episode comes from longtime emailer Tad Smythe from Austin, Texas. Tad's last email to the show was heavily edited, so I hope that's not the case this time. The subject line is Teddy's Daddy, so I'm concerned already, but here we go. Dear Unreasonable Doubt. The highly ranked WVU basketball podcast available wherever you listen to podcasts. Unnamed sources say aggressive neck tattoo Ted Allen can trace his lineage to 1990s NBA aggressive guard John Starks. Can you confirm these rumors? The gameplay is obvious. Is there a better game comparison? Please also give me a Huggins heart attack prediction for this season. Sincerely, Tad Smythe. So, Tad, I read that last part. I think you're trying to make a joke there about a person's heart health. And I'm going to tell you that that's not funny. And so I'm not going to dignify that with a serious response. What I will say is that Huggins in one of the press conferences this season... It was a couple of games ago. He was referencing his Fitbit and actually pointing to it. So, obviously he's making a concerted effort in improving his health. But I'm not going to dignify that last part. Not funny, dude. Don't do that. The links between John Starks and Ted Allen, I can see those. I like how you called him Ted Allen. I don't think Teddy would appreciate that. 
but it is funny to read Ted Allen. You know, there's some similarities there with him and John Starks, both aggressive, both have similar mannerisms as far as Teddy flexing and just type in John Starks on Google and see some of his antics as far as what he did to pump himself up in the crowd. But the guys more recent that he reminds me of, uh, Teddy Allen, are undersized forwards who score a bunch in college. And so I think of guys like Corliss Williamson back in the Arkansas, the early 90s Arkansas teams, and Jared Sollinger from Ohio State, guys that didn't really pass the ball, scored buckets. Uh, but for me, every once in a while when I think of Teddy Allen, I think of a combination of Michael Jordan and LeBron James. So I might be alone on that. Anyways, keep sending those emails, unreasonabledoubtwv at gmail.com. That's it for this episode. Listen to the podcast on Anchor.fm. Download the Anchor app. Listen on Apple Podcasts. Listen on Google Play. Subscribe to the podcast. Rate it five stars. Leave a review. Those are nice things to do. The next game for West Virginia is on ESPN proper at the coveted 2 p.m. start time on Saturday, this coming Saturday. And the game is in Lubbock against Texas Tech. Texas Tech is 14-2 this season. They just came off of a loss to Oklahoma. They lost to Oklahoma tonight. The average age of the guys on Texas Tech is 28, so very experienced. They're ranked 5th in the Ken Pomeroy rankings. Be prepared, is what I'm saying is, be prepared for a West Virginia loss with Texas Tech coming off a loss, playing at home, and being very senior. If West Virginia wins the game, I should do something embarrassing on this podcast. Send me suggestions. UnreasonableDoubtWV at gmail.com. If West Virginia wins, because I believe they will lose this upcoming game, what should I do embarrassing on this podcast? I've got some ideas in my head, but send those suggestions to UnreasonableDoubtWV at gmail.com. But that's it for this episode. This has been Unreasonable Doubt. I'm Josh Witt. What an amazing season. WVU is 15 and 1.